Palo Alto Networks Unit 42 Ransomware Threat Report. I'm Tanya Hall and joining me is Wendy Whitmore, Senior Vice President of Palo Alto Networks Unit 42. Welcome back, Wendy. Thanks, Tanya. Excited to be back. Most of our audience knows who the global cybersecurity firm Palo Alto Networks is. Tell us about Unit 42, including the origin of the name and the role it plays within Palo Alto's organization. Absolutely. So it's a pretty exciting time to be at Palo Alto. Uh, as you mentioned, most people probably are familiar with Palo Alto for their product suites, right? Everything from their Cortex brand to Strata and Prisma Cloud. Uh, but what we've got now is a new consulting group within Palo Alto that really for the first time is offering professional services. And the Unit 42 name, so the, the origin of that is many people might be familiar with Unit 42 Threat Intelligence Team and uh, the products that they've produced, as well as the detections that they've built into existing Palo Alto products. They might not know that Unit 42 was actually named as a nod to the book, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And uh, in particular, that uh, that book references, uh, you know, knowing the answers to life, the universe and everything. And we like to joke that the Unit 42 team uh, has that application to cybersecurity. And so when we were evaluating uh, exactly what we were going to build here at Palo Alto, we have the Crypsis brand, which in case you're not familiar with that, that's an organization that I would argue is one of the best kept secrets in the incident response industry. Um, they are on speed dial for the top law firms, as well as the top cyber insurers in the industry. And just last year alone, they did over 1300 investigations. They've got almost 150 consultants at this point. So uh, have a very strong capability and in particular have done a tremendous amount of ransomware investigations. Uh, we run, I would argue, a larger volume than um, nearly any of our peers. And so from that perspective, we have these two capabilities really looking to marry them together in a way that's exceptionally complementary. And when we were evaluating names, we realized that Unit 42 had already established uh, a brand credibility and a lot of respect within the industry. And it made sense that we folded the two teams into one and are adding uh, security capabilities and in particular uh, incident response consulting as well as proactive services to the already existing uh, suite of threat intelligence offerings by Unit 42. Well, congratulations on, on all that. Let's, let's get into the state of affairs today. How did the ransomware threat evolve in the past year? Uh, it's, I think the growth in the last year has been exponential and you will highlight that with some of the numbers we see in terms of demands and cost. But I think also just from the, the reality of the maturing capabilities of ransomware actors, they have matured along the lines of many of the more sophisticated nation state actors that we see, but also have brought in some of the best practices that we see in business, right? So when we look at how we can run efficient business operations, we often have people who conduct uh, specialties within an organization, right? Maybe the finance team or the legal team and the operations team. And we're seeing ransomware operators do something very similarly where they're outsourcing parts of their business model, uh, the command and control, the infrastructure, the code development. Those may all be three separate groups, right? Moving forward that are, that are, um, 
contributing to the actual attack. And then you have the attackers who are then really able to focus on their targets. So understanding which data it is that they're encrypting in an environment and how valuable it is, that's also related to them being able to spend a bit more time within environments in order to see that so that they can get the best bang for their buck or for their ROI. And so in particular, when we talk about that exponential growth, it resulted in the average ransom actually nearly tripling from just over 100,000 to now being over 312,000 US dollars. And again, that's the average uh, ransom that's actually paid. The highest ransom demand that we saw was $30 million this year, but that was double what we saw the previous year. And in terms of what we're actually seeing being paid, those numbers have doubled as well. In the threat report, Unit 42 cataloged the top ransomware variants. What should we know about some of these and what are the key takeaways from, from the knowledge? You know, it's been interesting actually, because there is a wide variety of these ransomware variants. And what I would say, you know, that's been interesting is in particular a case that we ran just in the last couple of weeks. We had an organization that we worked on behalf of and the ransomware operator actually sold their access, in this case was, was Maze Ransomware a Group, and then sold their access in mid-negotiation to another ransomware uh, attack group. And so when we talk about these things like double extortion, which means, you know, I'm not only going to ask you for payment if I encrypt your data, but then I may also ask you for payment so that I don't release it publicly and uh, do reputational damage to your organization. We're now seeing another component, which is dealing with multiple attack groups at the same time in some cases, and then dealing with their ability to do an effective handoff uh, in, and certainly their ability to um, just leverage their business model in a pretty effective way. So in terms of uh, what people should be on the lookout for, uh, really just a wide variety uh, of, of different attack groups. And while it's important to understand whom is responsible, that's, that's key for us when we're coming in to evaluate a case, because then we understand what avenues we have, right? Can we talk to the FBI, for example, or the Secret Service on the organization's behalf and get decryption keys? If so, that's gonna be a great first route. But I think the reality is that organizations need to be prepared uh, for a wide variety of attackers. And in some cases to have multiple attackers in their organization at the same time. So from the enterprise and institutions to the small business and consumers, who's most at risk of ransomware attacks right now? And, and what are the attack vectors? Yeah, a great question. So I think unfortunately right now, everyone is at risk from a ransomware attack, just in terms of these attacks are so ubiquitous. But the reality is that what we then talk about is how can an attacker be successful? Well, they can be successful if they encrypt your data and you don't have a way to get to it otherwise. So having, so those organizations that are successful have backup strategies in place. They have multi-factor authentication on remotely accessible devices. Um, for personal use, you certainly would have multi-factor authentication to your sensitive apps and make sure that you're backing up your most sensitive data in additional locations. So those are all uh, pretty critical uh, activities that every organization can take in order to make themselves be uh, a less successful victim of a ransomware attack. So to build on that, are there any new suggestions on how to reduce ransomware exposure or is it still just observing basic cyber hygiene rules? 
You know, I think at uh, the foundation of so many attacks we see, basic hygiene is critical and is often not really done all that well, right? So from that perspective, I mentioned uh, multi-factor authentication. So not only having that as an organization on remotely accessible devices, but as the pandemic has occurred, right, many more organizations have uh, gone to a remote workforce, and there's also been a transition to the cloud for many organizations. And so we've seen those devices and those systems in particular be at risk. So I think really doubling down on your strategy to ensure um, not only do you have authentication and access controls locked down and you're logging them so you can identify what has happened after the fact, but you've got visibility into devices as well as making sure that you've got an incident response plan in place. So so that uh, ultimately you've got a way to, to test. And then uh, if something does happen, you've got a plan to fall back on and be, enable you to respond quickly. That's really the key in many of these cases is visibility coupled with time and in particular reduction in time that it takes to detect and then to respond successfully to an event in order to contain it. Where can we go to find a copy of the report and where can we find the Unit 42 podcast? Yeah, uh, so I would highly recommend you go to paloaltonetworks.com. We're featured there prominently. Uh, we're releasing a new website which talks about our team's capabilities. And in particular, there are a lot of threat intelligence resources at unit42.paloaltonetworks.com. Thanks again for joining us, Wendy. Wendy Whitmore, Senior Vice President, Palo Alto Networks, Unit 42. If somebody wants to connect with you or maybe follow you personally, Wendy, is there a way to do that? Uh, certainly, you can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, both under Wendy Whitmore. Sounds good. Thanks again, Wendy. Thank you, Tanya. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.